the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, time for our legal segment. Joining me, one of uh, Rhode Island top attorneys. He is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off. And, um, boy, the uh, Varsity Blues case continues. And some of the, it seems that the news is getting worse, not better. And that is former star from Cranston. He also went to Brown University. Uh, but he got himself a seemingly a great job at Georgetown uh, as the tennis coach there. But it's uh, Gordy Ernst with uh, back in the news. Yes, things aren't going well for Gordy. Um, this is we've talked about it before. As these federal prosecutions go on, you know they get small fish, they get larger fish, and eventually they get to the bigger, bigger fish, and. It's always a calculated risk whether you come in from the cold and broker a, pre, a plea deal early on or whether you hold out. The longer you hold out, you're going to get much consideration in terms of a more favorable plea bargain if that's the route you're going to go. Um, as we've seen and we've talked about, Felicity Huffman came in early, got a great deal. Lori Laughlin and her husband fought it longer. They're going to do more prison time. Gordy is in a whole different category. Um, he's right up there towards the top of the food chain. The federal prosecutors just added new charges. So the old charges against him are still there. He's got three new counts of federal programs bribery three new counts of filing false tax returns. Um, all of those have considerable potential prison terms. I think each one has a prison term potential of up to 20 years and up to a $250,000 fine. That's in addition to the charges he already had pending. The problem for Gordy is that the feds just indicted a, a wealthy guy named Amir Khoury who lives in Palm Beach, and he also has a place, I guess, on Cape Cod. He cooked up a deal between Gordy Ernst and Rick Singer to get his kid into Georgetown on the claim that she was a tennis recruit, even though she never really played competitive tennis. Um, the deal was that Mr. Corey was going to deliver $200,000 in cash to Gordy Ernst and uh, another $180,000 would be brought to some third party, likely Mr. Singer, and then 20000 more was going to get kicked back to Gordy in cash. Gordy, Gordy never got his twenty in cash. 
and started dunning Mr. Corey. Where's my 20? Where's my 20,000? I mean, he was really all in with this fraud scheme. Apparently, in addition to doing deals uh, through Rick Singer, where Gordy would get a piece of the action and Singer would get a piece of the action, Gordy went into business for himself. Yeah. He, he started shaking down people and taking bribe money on his own account, separate and apart from um, Rick Singer. Apparently, Gordy's wife was also involved. She was involved with picking up the cash, you know, $200,000 at a clip and bringing it back to Gordy. So she's got imputable criminal knowledge about this enterprise. Um, it's surprising that she has not been indicted to date because it sounds like she knew exactly what was going on and participated at least in going to pick up the cash. Um, and one would think that if the feds would um, indict um, Mrs. Ernst, that might bring additional pressure on Gordy to do something or take the hit to save his wife from further prosecution. That might still be coming down the pike. But if he goes to trial, it's not sounding good because you got these guys like uh, Amir Corey who will testify against him to save his own skin and to get a better deal for himself. you got Rick Singer, who's a cooperating witness, uh, who's trying to save himself. Um, Gordy's, it's like musical chairs. Everyone's grabbing a seat. If you're the last person standing, you're in the criminal world, you're going to be in more serious trouble. And it sounds like Gordy is going to be amongst the very last people standing. Um, it's getting increasingly difficult for him, you know, and had he taken his hit earlier in this process, he probably would have never faced these now six additional new counts, all of which um, have serious jail time attached. And this is all part of the Fed squeezing this guy. He's like, all right, you're not going to cooperate. You're not going to play. Guess what? We're going to hit you with six new charges. How do you like that? And the feds can do it. They've got nothing but time, money, and resources to make money miserable for guys like Gordy Ernst. And Tim, um, I mean, this, this, he was indicted in March of 2019. It just starts to, what I don't understand is if you know this stuff is out there, I, I, again, I can't know inside the mind of someone, but isn't it better? Like you, you know that this is hanging out there. Wouldn't you just, okay, the jig is up, take the penalty, go. And then I, I just, I don't think they're as motivated to keep investigating you if then you're already played ball and you're doing your time. And maybe even double jeopardy starts to come into play or potential of that. Well, what we don't know is what negotiations have occurred between the feds and True. Gordy's attorney. Let's right. assume they're saying, yeah, okay, we're offering him six years to serve. Right. I'm, I'm making up a number. Um, and he says, oh, my God, I don't want to go to jail for that long. And he yeah. starts fighting it. Uh, look at Dan Doyle. He was offered the yeah. deal of the century. He said, no, I want to go oh. to trial. And he got creamed. Um, I don't know where the negotiations might stand between Gordy and the feds. You must presume there's been some negotiations. You must assume if the feds have all this material, they're looking at a pretty harsh um, sentence. And, you know, Gordy's resisting it. Um, now, it's probably, it's hard to it's hard to know what his, yeah. you know, or his lawyers telling him you're an idiot, take the deal. Or are they telling him he's got a defense? We don't know. Right. Um, someone else who, uh, and folks, uh, we're speaking with uh, attorney Tim Dodd on the John DeCutro show. Steve Bannon, four years ago, our question, instrumental in getting President Trump elected. September of 2016, two people really vaulted to the front of the line with aiding the president in his real, uh, well, at the time, just candidate Donald Trump. But it was Kellyanne Conway and Steve Bannon. Well, Steve Bannon seemingly was enjoying a nice summer morning off the coast of uh, on Long Island Sound at a Sounds like a delightful $28 million yacht of a, uh, a Chinese businessman who's, I believe, not allowed in the country. And, and Tim Dodd, Steve Bannon is telling on his followers, this is just people who don't want the wall built. But I try to explain to people, the, the feds don't bring these types of charges if they don't have evidence in their back pocket. that They, they just don't willy-nilly bring charges that, the way they have against Steve Bannon. I agree with you, John. You could you could go back in time, and um, for instance, when Roger Stone 
was ultimately arrested. Um, that was could be seen as a political prosecution, especially when they alerted CNN and showed up at the senior citizen's house with like SWAT teams and and riot gear and machine guns and all sorts of weaponry. And this guy just walks out of his house like, well, what the heck's going on? This is now Trump's Justice Department who is looking at the, the Bannon conduct. Now, apparently the feds claim to have a boatload of emails, texts, etc. between the players here. There's Bannon and three other individuals who were part of this fundraising effort to build the wall and their promotional material um, claimed all the money is going to go towards uh, building the wall. We're not taking any money for ourselves. It all goes towards building the wall. And apparently the Trump administration was not on board with this idea from the get go. No, they right. didn't want private funds to be utilized to build the wall. They wanted it to be from, you know, the, the treasury or from the government sure. to fund this wall. So Bannon and these three guys go off on their own to raise money to build the wall. They raise millions. Um, and through investigation that started, I don't know at whose uh, behest, it appears that Bannon took at least a million dollars and utilized it for him in his house and his lifestyle. And part of the million he took, he kicked over to one of the other partners or um, operators of this business. So the allegation is in part that these guys were um, accepting money under false pretenses and having made false representations, and they were wrongfully taking this money for their own purposes and their own account as opposed to building the wall. The defendants, through their attorneys, are crying, this is a political witch hunt. This is because the deep state doesn't want the wall built. We're being made political sacrificial lambs. That's a good talking point. I don't know if it's true. It's disturbing to the judge who's going to be handling this case because if the judge sees that the defendants directly or through counsel are trying to poison a potential jury pool with these types of statements, the judge might ultimately issue a pretrial gag order, much like happened in the Roger Stone case. Yep. And he got in trouble, if you recall, because he kept talking and pitching his ideas, uh, which uh, were in contravention of the gag order, and he was found to be in contempt. This case hasn't reached that um, fever pitch, but you can see it's on that kind of trajectory. Um, it's very early. He just got arrested. We don't know the quality and the quantity of the evidence that the feds have. We don't know how Bannon and the co-defendants accounted for the money they were receiving. Was it taken directly? Was it a loan against uh, putting it back into the pot, so to speak? We don't know. Um, but certainly it's curious that um, this all came out right before um, we get into the heat of the uh, presidential election cycle. And it certainly isn't good news for the uh, media to be able to scream, look, here's another, you know, um, confidant of the president, part of his inner circle. Here's another one who's getting indicted. They don't mention that it's another one being indicted for nothing to do with the Trump administration or none of it impl implicates or involves the president directly. Tim, I believe with the Steve Bannon thing, that, that started as a, like a GoFundMe account. And then... Yes. They, the money starts to fly in. So then suddenly they realize like, hey, wait a minute, you know, we could make a lot of money doing this just to play devil's advocate. What if what if they had said, you know what, we, we're going to set up, we're going to be a company that we're going to help raise money for good causes. It seems like where these people get in trouble is it's perceived every not a nickel of it. Every penny goes to the cause. And maybe they also claim, you know, that as a result of that, it's all charity. So there's no taxes taken out of it. But some of these, like, but I don't know what, we don't know all the details of the situation, but it certainly seems of, you know, we, we want to do this, but there's some administrative costs. And so we're going to need, you know, not, you don't, you don't brag and say every penny of it is going, but I, I mean, because even doing something like this, it certainly takes a lot of man hours and things like that. You just, 
I just wonder why they don't need to go to that level of, you know, every cent goes towards the wall. Yes. Now, is that um, a statement which um, donors to this um, cause um, are truly relying on? Yeah. I mean, every every charity has administrative expenses, right. be yes. it the United Way, be it, um, you know, anything, the um, Blue Cross, excuse me, the Red Cross or a- any, right. any national charity has significant administrative costs. CEOs, which make a boatload of money in That's many right. cases, um, they don't promote that every cent goes directly to the cause. Right. Um, they don't tell people, by the way, our CEO is making $450,000 a year. Yeah. They don't promote that. They just ask for money. These guys went out on a limb and said, we're not taking any money. Yeah. Is that promotional statement sufficient to create a crime of a false representation and obtaining money under false pretenses? Hmm. Um, it depends how this um, charity was set up. Is, is, it, a, is it a proper 501c3 uh, you know, charitable corporation? Um, do the organizational you know, documents provide for the taking of salaries? Or is it, as you've speculated, they see money coming in and they say, holy cow, we're going to grab a piece for ourselves. We're doing a lot of work. Yeah. Um, it depends what the paper trail is of how this organization was set up in part, which might provide a defense. Hmm. Now, Folks, go ahead. I'm sorry. If there's emails back and forth saying, hey, you know, we, we got to get in on this action. Let's all take a piece of the pie. And there's that sort of... Um, emails or texts going back and forth, that could be very damaging. And the feds are boasting that they've got a boatload of yeah. that type of information. Boatload is right. And he was on a $28 million boat. <laughs> Folks, quick, quick break, a lot more with attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega M-E-G-A, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. 
FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to go back to the uh, case of Kyle Rittenhouse. His lawyer was on with Tucker Carlson. We have learned more. This was the 17-year-old that's, you know, he's a big uh, police enthusiast. And he uh, was... Um, you know, they, they caught up with him from Illinois, went to Wisconsin, tried to help some businesses. He was also carried, apparently acting as a medic. But I want to revisit. He has a lot of support from people. He's the 17-year-old in AR-15 with him. And according to his attorney, Tucker Carlson, this is a self-defense case. He was there to try to help out. Some of these Black Lives Matter protesters started attacking him. Um, one went to hit him with a skateboard. Another one apparently had a pistol. He did shoot and kill two people. But... um we've gotten more details on this Kyle Rittenhouse uh, case. Yes. And in all of these cases, uh, unfortunately um, there's a rush to judgment. There's either a rush to judgment by, you know, the talking heads in the world or by proponents of either um, one group or the other proponents of the victim proponents of the person who did the shooting in this case um, and the orig- original narrative that gets the most media publicity, it's tough to shake people's perceptions, as we've talked about in the Ferguson situation. In many of these cases, when you really start to get into the facts, it's totally different than what the first perception led the public to think really occurred. In this case, we've all seen the clip over and over and over of this guy Rittenhouse um, on the ground or in the street sitting and shooting from a sitting position at the, at the folks who were uh, purportedly chasing him. Uh, his defense counsel adds a little bit more um, detail to the story. Defense counsel is claiming that uh, Rittenhouse was running towards the police line because he was being chased by these protesters. He was being chased by a mob and that they were shouting, kill him, get him. We got to beat his skull in words of that nature. We got to, we got to cranium him. I think was the words that defense counsel claims that this crowd was using. Um, one of the guys who ultimately gets killed um, was a, a allegedly sh- hitting at Rittenhouse with a skateboard Rittenhouse is then on the ground. Allegedly, one of the other guys who ultimately gets shot had what was identified by defense counsel as a Glock. So he's got a pistol, allegedly. So the question is, when this kid uh, opened fire, was he in fear of imminent bodily harm or death? That's the standard in Wisconsin. You were authorized to shoot in self-defense if your perception is that you are in imminent fear of uh, bodily harm or death, I think the guy can make that argument. Yeah. Apparently, and it's tough to see from the video because they don't really zoom in, apparently before shooting, one of the um, guys who ultimately got shot was attempting, allegedly, to wrestle the um, weapon that Rittenhouse had away from him. So... Rittenhouse is they're trying to grab his gun, uh, presumably maybe to use against him. One guy allegedly has a Glock, allegedly. One guy's whacking him in the head with a skateboard. The crowd is saying, kill him, let's crush his skull. And the further point is, as the crowd is chasing him down the street, um, from behind Rittenhouse, a shot is fired. Now, Was that a shot that somebody shot into the air? Was that somebody shooting at Rittenhouse? We don't know, but there's clearly a a report um, and eyewitness corroboration 
that before he opened fire, there was definitely a shot fired. Now, did he have a perception that there was someone shooting at him? Who knows? But, you know, this Monday morning quarterbacking of what he did and the sequence of events, we can all say it should have gone down differently. He could have done this. The crowd should have done that. But we've got what we've got. And I think that over time, um, he will develop a pretty reasonable um, self-defense argument. I was a little surprised that his attorney was out front uh, putting the defense out there so uh, specifically with facts and details. But I think that he's trying to counter the media narrative, which has overwhelmed this situation. It appears that he does have quite an impressive legal team that stepped up to the plate to help out on this case, um, presumably from the uh, sort of conservative universe. Um, he's got himself a good legal team. So that's um, to his benefit going forward. I don't know if he takes this to trial. He probably does. Um, this is a case like we were talking about with the potential with the Bannon case, this is a case where it's going to be really difficult to ever find an impartial jury because yeah. this story has had such overwhelming media coverage and reporting of facts, which may or may not be true. It's going to be hard to get a, a, a panel of um, unbiased jurors to sit this case. If it ever goes to trial, it'll be interesting to see. Folks, we're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, what about this story out of Boston with these, uh, Three current, six retired Boston cops charged with overtime fraud. You know, you hear about this sometimes where these, um, they start to just kind of, they become like renegades where they start running like their own department and they feel that no one is watching them. But boy, once again, the feds went in and uh, had charging them with running this overtime scam. Yeah, somebody must have gotten jammed up on yeah. an unrelated matter and ratted everyone out here. It sounds like this was a group of officers who all knew what the play was. Of course, we don't have the details yet. So was the overtime uh, fraud scheme, were they putting in simply for false overtime? Were they saying that they were working, you know, the midnight to 8 a.m. shift when they were actually home in bed and the other officers were covering uh, for them? Were they simply switching off on uh, overtime details to make it more expensive for the city when there was really no need for a substitute? We don't know. But again, this is a situation where if the um, it's a federal prosecution, uh, they don't usually indict people um, until they've got all their ducks in a row. They don't they don't indict and then figure out if they've got enough to prosecute. Typically, if they indict, they have to say, do we have enough to convict? And when they indict, they typically know what they've got and have made an assessment of whether they can get a conviction. So this is a paper trail case. You know, we don't know if they were this phonying up the books, if they were putting in for time that they weren't working, whether they came up with a scheme so that everyone could get the maximum amount of overtime by falsely claiming to or um, unavailable for work. We don't know quite what the scheme was, but um, cost the city of Boston over $200,000. And um, there's over a half dozen cops. There's nine cops are involved in this scheme, which is disturbing that you'd have, you know, cops on the inside acting as criminals. It's, um, it's disturbing to the, the department for the good cops, and it's disturbing for the public. And it also just reinforces the perception that there's a lot of bad cops out there. So this comes at a very unfortunate time. Folks, we're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Uh, quick break, a lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it. But my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it. I wouldn't want to be the focal point. But it's true. Some of the uh, protesters, they did. They damaged my vehicle. They broke the window on the side of my car. So what did I do? I brought it to West Fountain Auto Body. And you can call them today, 272-3340. I had to get it fixed. 
It was obviously damaged. They also damaged part of the door. And so I took it to West Fountain. I called Kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, Bring it to West Fountain, 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to go to, you know, people have heard this name, Brianna Taylor, and all the protests, they call her name. This was a, uh, a situation in louisville and but this was the first time we've heard now where her boyfriend who that's really who the police were looking for uh that night um has come forward and not only is is he you know making allegations but he's bringing a suit and and uh and apparently has some kind of a, a deal with prosecutors i mean that case is still not resolved but this is the first time that we've heard of this that the We've heard of this Kenny Walker. Yes, Walker has brought a um, lawsuit against um, St. This was um, against the Attorney General, the Police Department, and um, the the basic facts are that, excuse me, the cops thought there was drug transactions being conducted out of an apartment where Brianna Taylor was visiting her boyfriend. Boyfriend's the alleged dealer. This guy Walker was there. He was a former flame and I guess now a friend. And this is in the uh, city of St. Louis where this is all happening, which has had other problems. And this case would be a case that would... Um, recommend that cops have their uh, body cameras because it would go a long way towards determining what happens. Allegedly, the cops executed a no-knock warrant. So they don't knock on the door and say, police, open up. They just knock the door down and go in with guns drawn. So Mr. Walker says this was a no-knock search uh, warrant. They just busted down the door they were in plain clothes. They didn't identify themselves as cops. They didn't have the uniforms or, you know, uh, jackets that would say police. He thought because there was a drug transactions going in there that someone was breaking in to steal from him or his girlfriend. He opens fire. He shoots. He hits a cop in the leg. 
the cops respond by opening fire. Um, at least 20 rounds are shot into the apartment. Um, Brianna Taylor is hit, I think, about five times. She dies as a result of her injuries. Uh, Mr. Walker reports that as Brianna Taylor is laying there gasping for breath, you know, having basically a death rattle bleeding out, uh, none of the cops allegedly paid her any attention. They'd call for a rescue, but all of the cops were surrounded there. Um, their uh, fellow officer who had been shot and they were attending to him. Who knows if that's true or not? This is Mr. Walker's reporting. The cops initially arrest him and charge him with having done the shooting. <clears throat> Ultimately, those charges were dropped. Walker's lawsuit is now saying, I want to make sure that you can never bring these charges against me again. Um, it's not likely that occurs. If charges were brought and, dis and then dismissed in Rhode Island, for instance, charges could be brought against somebody and then dismissed under Rule 48A means we're dismissing it, uh, but we're dismissing it with an opportunity to recharge if we find further facts in the future which would support recharging. The fact that he was charged and then the charges were dismissed does not um, create a double jeopardy situation. Uh, because the case was never fully adjudicated. So under normal circumstances, if the ballistic tests or further forensic investigation showed that he should have been charged, the cops would want to keep the opportunity open to recharge him. He's trying to shut the door now so that that could never happen in the future. And he's trying to do it, I believe, before there's been a full forensic and ballistic analysis of all the shots that were fired. There is some speculation that um, the officer who was hit might not have even been hit by uh, Walker. Uh, that cop might have been hit by friendly fire, essentially a bullet ricocheting and then caroming off a wall and, or a ceiling and um, hitting this cop in the leg. Um, I don't think the lawsuit that this guy has filed is particularly viable. I don't think he's going to get a court to say, he could never be potentially recharged if the facts so warrant. But that's what he's looking for. Um, his claim is further that the cops um, tried to scapegoat him early on by making him the suspect with this woman's murder, where it's pretty clear that the cops just blasted away right. and shot this woman five or six times, killing her within five minutes. She bled out. Um, so again, this serves the narrative through this guy's attorneys that the cops can't be trusted, that their story isn't legitimate. The cops are claiming, John, that before they um, went in, they did announce themselves as officers. Mr. Walker says they never did. I thought these guys were here to rob us, and I shot to defend my home and my property. Um, I don't think there's body cams in this case, and you've got two diametrically opposed versions of what happened in the house. It sounds like the cops did overreact in this situation. Um, apparently, one of the cops who has since been fired, they said he shot at least 10 rounds randomly into the apartment. So he sounds like, he sounds like a Barney Fife kind of yeah. uh, just started panicking and firing which is much like I think the president used a bad choice of words when he says some cops choke. That's right. Um, shouldn't have used the word choke necessarily, but some cops react well under that sort of life or death scenario, and some cops react not so well under that life, uh, life or death scenario. Yep. Some cops go through a 30-year career and never, shoot a fi never fire a shot. Well, most. And never face most. Yeah. So most. who knows how you're going to react when suddenly you're confronted with something where either you're going to walk out alive or you're going to be carried out dead. Um, we don't know how we're going to react in those situations. You hope that the training is sufficient, but there's no predicting how humans will respond in those situations. Some perform well, some not so well, like the guy that started shooting randomly into this yeah. apartment. I'm, I'm chuckling. Not it's, it's a serious and unfortunate thing, but I mean, it's clearly a cop who shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, um, we're down to uh, I, I call it the two-minute drill, where uh, folks we cover each story in a, about two minutes, and one of them is Tim this horrific story out of Providence, where you have uh, 
this apparent gang rape of this uh, 16-year-old girl. I was at the press conference yesterday. They have seven men in custody. Uh, one is still on the loose. But as, as much as it's uh, horrific, and apparently what, what came to the forefront is uh, there was this videotape that was then posted on Facebook. Um, is As terrible as this is, you still want to wait and see because you you know, you know have someone who the victim who was apparently highly intoxicated on both uh, drugs and alcohol. There's uh, at least eight individuals of men. You have one of, you know, just uh, as far as we know, one victim. Um, these cases are, are never easy. And I, I don't, we don't know all the details yet, but this may not be an easy case. If you have someone who just by the, the nature of the fact that they are highly intoxicated or on drugs, and then it becomes, you know, the, the group's word against, against her version of things. Well, uh, this is, uh, this is a totally revolting story. This is, this is grotesque conduct. If true. Um, apparently, um, chief Clemens has, um, indicated that the young lady who I think was 16 has been cooperating fully with the department, um, which is sometimes difficult to get the cooperation of the victim because of who she's pointing the finger at and because many of these rape situations go unprosecuted for, you know, reasons of embarrassment or whatever might be the case. I think that times are changing. I think women are much more willing to come forward and point the finger and say, you know, this person or that person did this to me. Um, these guys, the eight of them, I don't think the video is out there yet clearly for anyone to see, but if they videoed themselves and put it on Facebook, they have to be total idiots. Um, they're videoing themselves all committing potentially the crime of first degree sexual assault. Apparently they invited this young lady to um, a house party, if you will, um, um, provided her with marijuana and a lot of alcohol to the point that she apparently passed out. Now, we don't know if she was awake and consenting or if she was passed out. The theory seems to be that she was passed out or unable to resist or unable to either give consent or to say no. And these guys just lined up and eight of them apparently, apparently we don't know for sure, but allegedly raped her. Um, if true, if she was either so intoxicated or passed out that she could not um, either consent or resist, and they just took advantage of the situation, they're all looking at jail time for sure. Yeah. I think it's um, I, I think it's unclear of, of the way I read it. If if some of them were then just being charged for participating and being there, or if uh, going there, but Chief Clemens did say you have these parties and said uh, never a good idea. Final story I want to touch on, Tim, in that that is the um, Rhode Island uh, uh, psychologist, I believe, who uh, losing license. There's still um, guidelines regarding uh, what type of relationship a, a doctor and a patient can get involved in. Yes. What happens is for um, doctors, dentists, anyone in the healthcare field, nurses, um, if there's allegations of misconduct, it starts with the Department of Health. There's a board of review um, because doctors and dentists and nurses, et cetera, are licensed by the state of Rhode Island. And that license is a license that can be revoked if the license holder engages in conduct, which um, suggests that they're unfit, either because um, of improper relationships with patients improper um, medical techniques and procedures. There's any number of scenarios that can get a license holder in trouble. This psychiatrist got in trouble because she starts out uh, as counseling a couple, a husband and wife. Ultimately, um, she has an affair with the husband and it continues while wife is divorcing husband um, psychiatrist who's now having an affair with husband, allegedly, um, comes and sits in on the uh, divorce trial that's occurring between the husband and the wife. Um, the psychiatrist, three years after she stopped treating the wife, 
adds new diagnoses to the wife's chart, suggesting all sorts of very serious psychological um, um, medical problems for which there was no accurate treatment diagnosis. She just writes it in there three years after the fact. Um, the medical board of review looked at the entire scenario and determined that her license should be uh, revoked. Um, when that determination is made, that decision is appealable to uh, a number of levels and it ultimately winds up in the superior court. Um, Judge McGurl reviewed everything that had occurred with this investigation, with this hearing, with the facts and travel and what the allegations were against this license holder and concurred that her license should be uh, pulled and that she should be fined, I believe it's $10,000. This psychiatrist, through her counsel, can now take an appeal to the uh, Supreme Court, but it's very difficult to disturb the findings of fact and conclusions of law made by a judge when that judge is hearing a case without a jury and the judge is the one making the determination. And in this case, the judge is reviewing determinations made by a board uh, connected with the Department of Health. I mean, I read the article, the psychiatrist's conduct seems to have been rather outrageous, um, totally unprofessional, if true. Well, if everything she's claimed to have done is true. It would have been clearly unprofessional conduct, and the board would have been within its rights to uh, recommend revocation of her license to practice psychiatry. Folks, he is our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great to talk to you. By the way, I want to mention... Uh, I did win, uh, as people know, the Rhode Island Monthly Best of uh, Best Talk Show, and one of the reasons is they enjoy the content of having great people like Attorney Tim Dodd on the program. So, Tim, uh, thank you. Great job. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John, and congratulations to you. Take care. Thank you, Tim. All right. Bye-bye. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today at 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. Have you been thinking about getting? Maybe it's time. Repair that roof. Maybe it is time for a new roof. All types of shingle, flat roofs. You know, it's so important for your structure, whether at home or work, you need a roof, folks. That is what keeps nothing else matters in your home. If you don't have a solid roof, call R&R Roofing today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401-823-1330. The owner, Richard Rossi, over 40 years in business. Call R&R Roofing today. Call for a free Free estimate. All work is guaranteed. 401-823-1330. Fully insured. And on top of that, Angie's List award winner over five years in a row. Now, I've met with Richard. Folks, he cares. He cares attention to detail. And on top of that, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job. Job site is waterproof daily. Call for a free estimate. And all work is guaranteed. That makes such a difference. R&R Roofing. Now, if you're thinking of having your roof done. Maybe it is time for a new roof. At least call, at least call R&R Roofing and get a free estimate. 401-823-1330. 401-823-1330 for R&R Roofing. You can also check out their website. It's r&rroofingri.com. Call them 823-1330. It's R&R Roofing. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's my health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. 
vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menon Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401 710 7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in. Fix the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 7096 serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now Ryan offers a senior citizens discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan 401-710-7096. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401 401- 392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate 401-392-1025 lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor <laughs> 